welcome to the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. If you're ready for a dose of inspiration and insight, then you've come to the right place. My name is Victoria Maskell and I'm a psychotherapist, mindset coach and positivity practitioner. I help women just like you to have their own Cinderella stories and transform their mindsets to make their dreams a reality. So if you're a coach, an entrepreneur, or just looking to up-level your life, then this is the podcast for you. I'm going to be talking all things money mindset, manifesting your dream life, and how to use your subconscious to achieve anything you set your mind to. I'm going to be filling these podcast episodes with stories and inspiration for you, things to make you smile, feel supported, and get ready to crush your goals and manifest your dreams. There is no such thing as a coincidence in life. So just by listening to this podcast, you are one step closer to making your dream life, business and mindset a reality. So if you're ready for today's dose of positivity and prosperity, then let's dive in. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. Now, today we are talking about a subject that you might be thinking, wait, I thought this was the Positivity and Prosperity podcast, but I think you will see as we go into the interview with the wonderful Michelle, just how important this is, how it's important to manifestation, to mindset, and how it is something that we are all going to experience at some point in our lives. Now, this podcast is obviously called The Positivity and prosperity podcast, but it's really important that we don't focus on what I would refer to as toxic positivity. So when I say toxic positivity, I'm saying things like being told, oh, just pull yourself together or stop being sad. We have emotions, we're human. Emotions and the polarity that we experience are part of manifestation. So in today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing a true specialist in all things grief and loss. Now, this episode could be perfect for you if that is sadly something you're experiencing in any way, shape or form. This episode could also be really useful for you if you know someone who is moving through a period of grief or loss in some way, shape or form. Now, Michelle explains things so well. She gives loads of top tips and amazing advice. And we're talking about all different sorts of loss. You know, we even slightly touch on the concept of financial loss, loss of a pet, loss of a relationship, loss of dreams and goals. So there is really something for everyone in this episode. Now, I'm going to make sure to leave Michelle's information in the show notes. If this is something that you would just like to know a bit more about, she really is the fountain of all knowledge and she is absolutely there to support you. So make sure to go and check her out. Um, If you've enjoyed this episode, drop her an email, drop me an email and let me know. And please feel free to share it with any anyone you think it would benefit. Um, I'm now going to go into the interview and I will see you very soon for another episode. Okay, so I would love to welcome Michelle onto the Positivity and Prosperity podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for this episode in many ways. But I'd love you to introduce yourself. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Thank you so much. Um, Equally excited to be here. It is 
always been one of my manifestations since since meeting you a couple of years ago. So I am totally excited to be here. Uh, I'm Michelle and I'm a palliative care nurse by background. I've been doing that for nearly 30 years, so a fair, fair chunk of time. Um, and now I deliver training to workplaces on how to support staff through loss, grief and bereavement. Um, and I also run a programme for individuals who just need that little bit of extra help just to help them find their way and navigate their way through uh, a grief experience. Wow. OK, so I heard you say 30 years of experience. So how how have you got to where you are today? Do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about your journey? We all have a journey, don't we? But do you want to I think it'd be really interesting to know. So do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. So uh, it was second year of my training. Um, I always thought I would end up going into elderly care. Mm. Um, but in the second year, I was on a surgical ward. And a guy in his 50s came came in, admitted with abdominal pain, fit and well otherwise. Um, and I think he was a telecom engineer. So he'd been like scaling the, the poles like, like they did. I don't know if they still do. Um, but the, the thoughts were that he was someone who had appendicitis, diverticulitis, just a run of the mill, come in, operate, go home. But actually, by the end of that day, they'd done their scans and, and everything. The surgeon came round with about 70 people running around behind her, stood at the end of his bed, no warning at all, said the scans hadn't shown what they thought. Um, he had advanced cancer, six weeks to live, oh. and she went. That was it. Oh, my gosh. Really shocking. And I, I think for me, I was actually looking after the person in the opposite bed in that moment. Um, and just to look across and literally see that man's world just crumble in seconds. And I guess it was just kind of like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong in that interaction and, and that that diagnosis. I'll never be able to be in a position where I can make it okay for people. Mm. You can't change that diagnosis, but you can facilitate things so that that person can be as supportive as they possibly can be. Mm. So that's kind of like when where the palliative care side of things came in into play. Um, and then just all the way through my career, I've had people say that they weren't supported in the workplace or once the person has died, you're on your own. So... I stayed in a very safe place. Nursing was, it is a safe career. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was never fully satisfied. Equally, never had the courage to step outside of that. Yeah. Did your course, The Science of Manifestation. And, well, you, you'll remember, like, literally, I did the first one from the hospice on call one day, didn't yeah. I? Yeah, um, I remember. <laughs> and, and then from there just as things started to make a bit more sense for me and I think I'll always remember you like one of the the biggest takeaways I always get from from your teaching is letting go of the how you don't control the how you've just got to have that faith and I'm still not fully there I think it, you know it's not something <laughs> that happens overnight but doing that training did give me the, the, the courage to step outside of the hospice. I did it. Um, I'm nearly two years in now. And I, I mean, <laughs> I have a long way to go. It's still got a long way to build, but I am happy. And oh. I just feel like I'm making the right difference in the right way. I'm, I'm, for me, I feel like I'm doing better than I would have done if I'd stayed in the hospice. And you know, I was directly level, so I, I couldn't have gone further up nursing wise but 
this just feels so much more fulfilling so yeah that's that's my story that's your story that's the journey and I think I'll you know people will know because they'll see the the title of the episode but we're going to be talking about some quite big concepts I think in this episode but we're going to be talking about it in a positive way we're going to be talking about hope we're going to be talking about happiness we're going to be talking about finding ways of managing things and and something that we were just talking about a second ago managing your response to things so I I have so much respect for the nursing world like um, anyone I meet that I know is a nurse I just think it takes a really wonderful type of person and I'm saying this directly to you to go into that field because nursing isn't easy is it I'm sure on a daily basis you are challenged in many different ways mentally physically emotionally um, very kind of for a year well no probably more like two and a half years I worked in the James Cook hospital I don't know if I think I've probably told you this working on a I was doing research but I was working with nurses and I just had so much respect for the hours that you work like they were doing seven till seven they were looking after preemie babies and I just I just think it's amazing that it's such a heart-centered profession and I love how you just said then you're happy now and you've taken that leap and you're still fulfilling the thing you want to do, which is helping people, supporting people, filling a filling a gap that doesn't exist and that is so, so necessary. And yeah, I just want to say that. Thank you for sharing that bit of your journey. So tell me a little bit about what you do now, though. So you've, you've got your own business. Like, what is it if you kind of had to tell people like what you do? How do you help people? I think we know that in workplaces, people that I think one in six people leave their job every day. This is in the UK. I don't know about stats wow. sort of for the wider audience, wow. but that's because they feel unsupported. Mm-hmm. And very often we can be really quick to say the line manager is really rubbish. The line yeah. manager should have done this, that and the other. If the line manager doesn't have training, how can they be expected <laughs> to know how to respond when there's a knock on the door to say, that person themselves might have a life-limiting diagnosis they might be trying to support a relative they might be bereaved and actually no think about that more widely these same emotions that we experience with grief come along with also things like the end of a long-term relationship a house fire loss is is huge loss covers so many things but actually the response you would get from the workplace should always be the same so they're just nothing exists at the moment um and to try and help those one in six stay in the workplace feel that they don't have to desperately try and find somewhere else that would be able to support them because actually the reality is those people will bounce from role to role to role because if the training doesn't exist the support will never be there will it so um that that's kind of where the the workplace training comes in and the 10-week program that just it took a little while to to design and evolve but I wanted to offer something that was different to traditional counselling. And and I know for a lot of people, counselling is, is a brilliant fit. I don't knock it at all. I think everyone has their own preference. Yeah. But on a personal level, I prefer kind of more of a, a coaching approach. So you're looking forward and you're trying to find goals and, and you look at a solution to that. Yeah. Um, so with, with the programme, I looked at, you know, everything that I learned with you, further reading that I've done. And just looked at how mindset plays a part in our grief journey. And, and, you know, that's something that I hadn't really given much thought or attention to. But it's really changed the way I 
I deal with supporting people now and and actually in hindsight if I if I'd known all of this 30 years ago <laughs> I probably could have provided better support I'm incredibly grateful that I know what I know now and I'll carry on learning but it has I don't think it's ever fascinated me more than it does now just understanding why people might respond in in the way they do and it's something I hadn't hadn't given attention or thought to before yeah but I think the fact that you are saying oh I wish I'd known this I wish I could have given this support it just shows that you are the kind of person that's always evolving wanting to learn wanting to grow and you've got your patients or your clients best interests at heart because we are all different aren't we if you think of you know the manifestation stuff we talk we talk about everyone is coming at it from a different point of view because we all have different experiences different programs different stories and I'm sure that the two things you just talked about so maybe stress in the workplace or illness and the workplace and then on a personal level everyone has got a different story and you can't just have a what's the phrase one something fits all whatever that one says yeah you can't have that and I don't know the the recent stats but when I was doing some of my training I looked at stress a lot and absenteeism was massive in the workplace Mm -hmm. and just as you you sort of touched on you end up having someone who is maybe going through something in their life going through a loss in some way shape or form and I think it's really important that you mentioned relationship loss as in a breakup of a relationship because I think sometimes people feel guilty and they're like oh I I can't talk about that because it's just it's just a relationship well no it's a loss and I think just yeah people get stuck in a cycle of they're not strong enough to go back to work but they don't get the support in work so then they try and go back and then they either maybe decide this isn't the place for me but the same thing happens somewhere else because it's not they're not getting the support they're not getting that root cause exactly you're kind of like looking like in for a needle in a haystack aren't you you're searching desperately for a fix that doesn't necessarily exist and in the end it's more draining more unhealthy and it's going to take a lot longer to get to a healthy place with with your grief whatever the loss has actually been I think more often where you know another thing that doesn't get any attention um, is is pet bereavement yeah you know studies show now some people are spending more time with their pets than members of their family Mm. Um, I spend I've got a black lab you know that I, I love him probably far too much but <laughs> but you know I, I can't imagine how I will be when when anything does happen to him but there are people who you know their response to the grief around that pet is as bad if not worse mm-hmm. of that losing a family member and no attention is given to that but grief is grief and how you respond to the loss of something or someone that you love you have to be able to, you know, work through that in a healthy way. Yeah, that's such a good point. As a uh, self-confessed crazy cat lady, <laughs> when my cat was rushed off to an emergency vet and the woman was like, I have to tell you, it's 50-50 chance he might not make it. And I just started blubbing. But then I was like, stop, stop crying, stop crying. And I was like, no, this is exactly as you said. The feeling that we're talking about here is loss. Yeah. And actually everyone is allowed to experience that for whatever reason. And um, I, where I used to work, actually, I was in the middle of a busy day, got a phone call and I was like, oh, hello. And they were like, hi, is that Victoria Maskell? I was like, yes, yes. And they're like, I'm really sorry to let you know um, your your cat has been run over. And, it's, and I was, I literally burst into tears. And I was so lucky that a colleague of mine scooped me up, put me in my car and said, go home. But I, 
this was probably like 10 years ago now, I mm. felt so guilty because I thought, no, I should be at work. But I was so shocked and so upset. So yeah. do you support people in all different forms of loss or do you specialise in one? How does that work? No, I, I think that I, I support people through any kind of loss because I, I genuinely feel that the, the emotions that we'll experience are, are similar and actually how you cope with that mm. You can use the same coping mechanisms, the same support structures. Um, and so I think, I mean, I would say the only thing I would not be very good in is financial loss. Um, and that's because my money mindset is not ready to be yet. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't come to me for that. But, but in do, you terms- know what, do you know what's really funny? As we were talking about the different sorts of loss, I was like, do you know what financial loss would be? And I was like, oh, maybe we'll talk about that. Okay, so, but we're not meant to be specialists in absolutely everything. I'm sure you would still be able to empathize and understand because you fully understand the concept of loss, but you might just say, do you know what? There are different people that could support you with different elements of that. So no, I still think you would be amazing, but it's just not something you fancy doing. That's your business. That's the benefit. (laughs) My own self, Al, then then I can look at that. But I think, you know, Empty nest syndrome, something that rarely gives uh, gives any um, acknowledgement. Again, but you know, you, you've you've raised those children. All of a sudden, they go to university. Your life as a parent changes. Yeah. There are just so many losses. I think you know. I can't remember now. It's like one. There's 36 house fires a day in the UK. So again, wow. I've only got UK statistics to to mind, but. Um, yeah, I think, again, the loss that comes with that materialistic thing, you know, people often ask, aren't they, what's one thing that you would run and save in a house fire? It might be your pets, might be a photo album, <laughs> might be your house, your car keys, whatever it might be. But um, people have things that mean so much to them. Yeah. And again, you know, if all of that goes up in flames, the loss is well you know it's indescribable isn't it so you know loss of role loss of job loss of health you think about people who have been incredibly fit and active and then all of a sudden they're diagnosed with either a life-limiting illness it could be that they have an accident and then they are in a wheelchair well Mm. again the loss that comes with that in terms of adjusting to your new your new way of being that's something that you need support with it's something that you can't just you know go to bed on Friday wake up on Monday and think right I've got this this is the new yeah, you I need know. you need support it's it, loss is huge but you by using positive framing and and just sort of shifting the mindset it doesn't have to stay negative you know culturally you think about it again it's the whole kind of mindset everything that you you speak about in terms of your childhood programming you think Mm -hmm. about our programming in terms of loss and grief and I I remember when my great-grandmother died I was six or seven um, and it happened in the same house she died in her sleep um, and all of the family they were all sat around me but no one would tell me what was going on I just knew that something wasn't good and then everyone was very sad then I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral because they were doing it from a protective place or so they thought yeah but actually there's my program it's like grief is something we do not talk about yeah that's kind of I'm not on my own there I think culturally as as a nation we know that grief is something that you just you just get your two weeks off work if you're lucky some people only have three days and then back your bop and let's pretend nothing happened so To find the positivity and, and sort of change your coping with grief, 
then it does allow us to get to a much stronger place. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting that you were sort of talking about the timeframes. I want to, I'm mentally parking a question that I want to ask you, <laughs> but um, the timeframes of it, like actually that sort of, oh, you've had your time, you've had your three days, you've had your two weeks, you've had, but we're human beings and we don't work like that necessarily. And I'm sure there is pressure or feelings that people are experiencing of, I should be, you know, if anyone listens to this podcast, they know we do not like the phrase should because it's an external pressure, but I'm sure with grief, there's a, I should be feeling something or I shouldn't be feeling something. Um, I recently reached out to you and you were absolutely fantastic. You did a, a session with me, so I can highly recommend Michelle because honestly, it's brilliant because there was um, a friend in my life that very sadly passed away. And I know I had loads of questions that you answered and helped me with, but it was, there were lots of things of, should I be feeling this? Am I allowed to feel this sad? Should I be feeling more now and less later? When am I? And it's almost like depending on your relationship to that person, depending on your, your programming around sadness, my family is a very, very loving, supportive family, but we're not really a crying family. Mm -hmm. So at funerals, I've always been the one sort of going, <laughs> you know, when you reverse cry and it's sort of you're trying to inhale it because I'm trying not to cry. And there might be people experiencing similar things where they don't know how to. What would you what would you say about that time piece? And I know that's a massive question, but maybe people are thinking that at the moment. How would you kind of coach them around that? What would you say? I think one of the things that I find useful is to think about grief. Now, each individual grief experience, not our collective grief, yeah. but each one as a 1000 piece jigsaw and one piece is missing. Mm -hmm. So you start off with all of these pieces scattered across the, the table and that's you and your relationship with this person, this pet, this thing, whatever it is. And over time, each piece is a different memory. So for you, you've got a thousand piece jigsaw and there's you and your friend. And each piece represents a different piece of the puzzle that you form together to make your story. So that's the story of you and your friend. When that person dies, one piece is removed. Mm. None of the memories are taken away. Mm. None of the experiences you shared were, were taken away. But actually, you'll never be able to fully fill that piece again. So it's kind of like a chapter ends, but your story doesn't. Mm. And it's about how you continue to honour your relationship with that person, keep them alive in, in your heart, in your mind. And I know everyone's got, you know, different beliefs around what, what happens. But in terms of being able to honour a relationship with somebody, that's when you can realise that, yeah, you're never going to feel that last piece of the puzzle. But you've got so much else there that, you know, and that's untouched, that's protected always. And time frame, you know, you will never, ever be the same again because you can't have back what has been. Yeah. Um, and that's the same with everything we know again about mindset. You can't change the past. It's happened. Yeah. And it's the same, you know, sadly, relationships, um, you know, family members, our relationships with them, they, they come to an end. Death is a natural part of, of life. And just being able to treasure and hold on to what we did have, mm. just give yourself all the time in the world because you will never be the same. You'll be different, but you know, it, yeah, you know, I think we just have to accept that we don't move on. We don't get over it. Grief isn't something that resolves. We just become a different person because yeah. of, of what's happened to us. 
And I think as human beings, we're always striving for control. And for a lot of us, we're, we're striving for certainty and safety. So uh, there's, most people have something in their life that they want to keep the same, whether it's, you know, it's a relationship, it's their health, it's their money, it's they, they want it to be the same because the same feels safe because from, you know, the subconscious mind, it's like, I know this. So when you have grief or loss or bereavement, something has changed and it's like, I want to get that back. I want to shift that. But actually, if we think about this, I guess, biologically, we are constantly changing. Our cells are changing. Um, I was doing some research on this and you know how they say you're a different person every seven years. Apparently, it's not it's not quite true because as you will know this from the biology side of things, but certain cells, I think your liver, they only last sort of three to four days, but cells in your visual cortex apparently are there pretty much from inception, conception, however you want to describe it. But we are renewing, aren't we? Every day we have that chance to wake up with a new mindset, with new ideas. Neuroplasticity tells us that we can shape things and change things. So I guess what I heard you say there was, knowing that yes things have changed the puzzle will never be complete but a thousand pieces they're still there and they can't be shifted and they're beautiful and they're wonderful and which kind of leads me on so the question i was going to ask was obviously in this podcast we talk about manifestation manifestation is about setting goals it's about wanting to bring new things into your life and I have a, a friend who years ago had um, his heart absolutely set on being a pilot, um, healthy, young, fit. He loved planes, loved everything and just happened to go for an eye test in his sort of late teens. And I th I, I'm, I'm not going to know the exact thing, but they basically said to him, ah, you've got insert word that I don't know. You don't need glasses. You don't need any intervention. You won't notice anything. But sadly, you can't be a pilot. And it was huge. Now he's gone on and done incredible things, but I guess I would love you to maybe talk about that in terms of goals, because maybe people have got something that they really wanted to do. And now they're feeling like they've lost that option or they've lost that opportunity. What would you say around that? How would you sort of suggest people start thinking about it? Maybe. I think again, you've, just got to be really open to your emotions and it is okay to feel cheated it is okay to feel lost bereft and it is okay to have bad days around that and that doesn't matter if it's 20 years on and you are reminded that you're not in the plane that's flying over your head let yourself you know you, again that's something you frequently teach isn't it it's have a bad day it's okay just allow yourself to acknowledge that the emotions are there go with them and then then reset and off you go again but i think in terms of how you start to move forward and again this goes with any loss any kind of grief one of the well the, the program and the the support group i i have they're called finding a snippet of sunshine mm -hmm. and and i use that wording it took a little while to to come up with it but i use it very deliberately because sometimes you can become so absorbed in what you haven't got anymore and again, the more attention you give to something, the bigger it becomes. So if you are spending your time wishing things were still the same as they were when this person was here or when you still lived in the house that you had three years ago, whatever that was that you're still yearning for, if that's where your thoughts are, that's where all of your attention's going. So you don't get to a place where you're starting to move forward. But if you can just find at the end of the day, 
what went well what was the good thing today and, and even if it didn't personally happen to you but you saw something good happen to someone else brilliant I think you know you and I both um, married at first sight fans but but I think you can be happy for something else that's happening around you it doesn't have to have happened to you but again just absorb yourself in that for 60 seconds and there you go there's your one thing to feel happy about or it might be that I don't know the, the council have let you off the parking ticket it's a big issue where I live I live in a restricted <laughs> parking zone so. it's on your mind your reticular activating system is like yes no parking ticket great <laughs> so whatever it is you know and it might be the tiniest thing or it might be that your appetite has really reduced since that person mm. died and actually for the first time you've been able to go out and eat your favorite meal without the feeling the overwhelming feeling of sadness you just find the tiniest things now again it's like building blocks so you find the thing that makes you happy for three seconds the next day it might be five then you might not feel anything for a day and that's okay but you build up you build up you build up and again the more attention you give to the things that are going well yeah the easier it starts to become to find that new way forward and you know don't be afraid to to think about what else is out there no just Yes, I do a program. Yes, there's counselling. Yes, there's coaching. But think outside the box again, because I really think that things like BWRT that you that you deliver, the place that could have in just helping people who are so stuck in their grief, because sometimes all the talking in the world still isn't quite enough just to to shift things and clear things. And you look, you know, when, when people experience grief, the two main emotions that, that come up so commonly that people struggle with, it's not the, the sadness, um, but actually it's anger and guilt. Oh, okay. And we know that, you know, guilt follows very quickly. You, you, you'll shout at someone, you'll snap at someone, and then you feel guilty because of that. But, you know, guilt comes from our, that's our own kind of programming and our own self-belief system. So subconsciously we're telling ourselves, I should not have snapped at that person. You're then putting an even bigger burden on yourself. Yes. So I think about, you know, what else is out there to help you? BWRT, you'll know more about this than I will, but I truly believe it could have a place in just helping to unpick some of those things that that just sit a little deeper that we might not be aware of. But I think for people who are trying 101 different things with grief and getting nowhere, yes. think outside the box and think about what else might be there to help you because uh, it'd be interesting to know what your thoughts are on that but I think we won't always get there just by talking no and I think it's funny I was uh for a very different topic but I was working with a couple of clients last night and we had this similar conversation one of them had said do you know what I've had lots and lots of counseling on this area and you know what it's been really helpful but it never helped me shift this extra feeling and we had done some BWRT and she was like that feeling is gone now. And it's like, I I fully believe that all of these different disciplines are there for the different things we need. Sometimes we need space to just offload. We need to talk about stuff. And sometimes we get to the place where it's like, right, I've processed it, I understand it, and now I'm ready to release this feeling. And in BWRT, we actually have a specific grief protocol. Rafiq Lockhat, who is the South African kind of Mr. BWRT, came up with this because he obviously works with a lot of this in his practice. And yeah, there is, without going into huge amounts, there is part of it where we can do sort of a loving goodbye, where there is a space to 
to say all the things that needed to be said. I, I imagine that's another thing that comes up depending on the type of loss. Again, even if it's it's a pet or it's a relationship, there may have been an element of shock to it and not time to say things. But I imagine equally, if you have had time, there's still never enough time to say all the things that you would want to say. And you might want to say them again. And oh, it's such a complex thing, this idea of loss. Um, and you actually just, I was, one of the questions I wanted to ask you was back in the day when I did my kind of psychology degree, I remember doing a, a vague bit about grief and there was almost a process and it was like, first there will be the numbness, then there will be disbelief, then there will be anger, then there will be acceptance. Do people sort of follow that process? Or again, is it we're human and we have a mindset, so it changes. What's, what's your experience of that? It's really interesting. So uh, the kind of the whole Kubler-Ross thing is really still sitting there. And people who kind of think that they've got this and they can deal with it, they will sit there with, with those stages of grief. Yeah. Actually, we've got to think further ahead than that now. You know, we know so much more about the mind and how it works and how our thinking influences how we're going to respond to things that you know even if we had we all had a a tick list for for a grief you and I are not going to work through grief in the same way so say say we were sisters and we both lost a brother for example I'd love to have you as my sister welcome to the family there you go I'm in (laughs) (laughs) I think like I wouldn't be in denial at the same time as you I wouldn't be angry the same time as you you might not experience any anger so there's not this routine way to deal with grief and I think you've got to let people get to a place where they'll do it their way in their time and the emotions you experience are the emotions you experience and like with everything else in in mindset let go of the how you can't control your grief just relax into it and let yourself go where your emotions are going to take you and the bits that you can control in terms of looking for the positives what's happened today and starting to do you know one of the things I do towards the end of the 10-week program is is get people to write a letter to their future self oh wow um you know just how do you want to be in three years so again it's kind of it's nothing that I haven't learned from you I've just looked at how you can adapt that and use it in the grief setting but you know if you can get to a place where you're starting to focus more on how do you want to be and you're giving your attention to that it just starts shifting things from again being absorbed in them what you haven't got to where do I want to be and and it's not about forgetting that person forgetting the love that you had and yes you're still going to have those sad overwhelming days where you want to just hide under the duvet Mm -hmm. go with it just let go of the how and if you need a day under the duvet where you cry all day long that is absolutely all right and if anyone judges you let them get on with it (laughs) yeah yeah they could because social media I think comes into this because obviously um in sort of real time in September in the UK the the queen passed away the world was grieving and I think a lot of that was on social media and I had conversations with friends and we were all sort of saying I don't really know how to feel mm-hmm. I and and I can imagine that is another thing there's another layer of this of am I doing this right we're, we're always looking we're always comparing we've always got this comparisonitis and I think it can come into grief it can come into loss like have I bounced back fast enough have I bounced back too fast am I here am I there and I love what you said about 
I think the way I would describe it is like a lazy river and just just get in the dinghy and just go with it rather than trying to paddle against it and be like I should be here I should be feeling this just feel the feelings um and to reflect what you said again like how do I want to be that's manifestation isn't it what do I want to feel how do I want to be what do I want my life to look like and I'm sure at times that can feel really hard because we're we're in our emotions but do you find that people get pockets of time where the emotions are sort of in a, I don't know if they'd be in an up or a down, where they're more able to kind of do these activities? How do, how do people sort of experience it, do you think? I think people tend to start reaching out for help when they feel at their absolute lowest mm-hmm. and they are drained of everything. And they just are at that place where they don't know what else they can do and very often when you sit and talk to people I'm sure you, you've had clients with this as well so many people are giving their opinion on how it should be um, uh, you should be doing this or I found it great when this happened and when when this person happened had something happened and this is how they responded so people are so influenced and so overwhelmed by what others are thinking what others say they should be doing this all comes at a time when you've got nothing left in your tank because you thought it might be easier you've looked at other people you everyone naturally takes inspiration from what's happening around them don't they so yeah. I don't know if someone is bereaved at the moment they might look at Prince Charles for example and think Do you know what a few weeks he's shaking himself down he had one day off at Highgrove for a personal mm-hmm. grieving time or whatever they said private grieving time and he got on yeah. with it so I should be stronger and You've just, you know, I, I think again, it's about just letting go of whatever else is influencing us and just be gentle and kind with yourself. And in the same way that you are, I can't remember your your, your wording, but it, you become the person that that sort of absorbs the energy of those that, that are around them all the time. And the same is true of, of grief. And if you want to find five or six other people that are stuck in a really low place, you're going to stay stuck in that low place. And you can all sit there and talk about how tough things are, how hard things are, but you won't move forward. Likewise, you can five or six of you can come together and sit there and think, okay, what are we going to do about this? Well, then you've got kind of like a solution focused approach. They'll bounce off one another. The energy will become stronger. It will be higher. And, and then naturally, they'll get to a better place. And I think, you know, what one of the most important things that we can do, not just in terms of thinking about being the person grieving, but at some point, we'll all find ourselves supporting someone else who's who's grieving. And you always have to be mindful about how you protect your own energy. You, If you are going to be absorbing the sadness around you, there's that will impact you it will impact how you respond it will impact you at the end of the day and something to always be mindful of is you know you've just got to kind of look at how are you going to support that person how are you going to listen to them how are you going to empathize and then how are you going to walk away at the end of the day knowing that that's that you can't sit there in the evening with it all going on because you 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 know naturally it starts to do you harm then Um, and you you must have experienced that firsthand in terms of the work you used to do because you know everyone talks about the put your own oxygen mask on first and I think we get the concept 
But I don't necessarily know if we all manage to practice what we preach, because if you go into a caring profession, generally, there is an intense feeling of what can I do to help? How can I support? Often there's a lot of kind of um, empathy and being an empath, as in you really feel other people's feelings. So yeah, and, and this is why coaches, therapists, um, I don't know if it's in the nursing profession, it's definitely in the other two. We have supervision, we have people that we can go to, to be able to say, I'm having a tough day, I need to tell you this, I need to process this so that I can be my best self for myself, but also for the people who need my support today. <laughs> and exactly. is that is that something that's part of the, do, do you actually work with nurses as well? Do you work with people in caring professions who are dealing with this? Or is it more with individuals and businesses? So interestingly, just about to start my first piece of work with a team of nurses. So, yes! Oh. Um, it's as if we knew. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know at all. Uh, but yeah, I, nurses have access to clinical supervision as a rule. That's kind of like how we maintain our, our registration every three yeah. years. Um, but I think, you know, it's such a key part, isn't it? Because otherwise you start to internalise everything that's going on and you can't fix other people. You know, you can support them. Yeah. But I think naturally any anyone who's in any kind of caring or supportive profession your natural instinct is to try and fix initially and you have to learn that that's not what you're here to do you're here to stand alongside that person and to guide and support them mm. but whatever you try you're not going to make it okay for them you're not going to fix it you can't take their troubles away so it, it's just something that takes a lot of practice and and guidance and I think you know people will use different things to do that won't they some people will kind of you know use alternate things to protect themselves as like crystals angels whatever people kind of choose to use for their coping and their their strength in being able to cope and support with with things then then good for them you know everyone has to use what is right for them but the main thing is just don't allow yourself to be absorbed you're, you're human there's no way that you won't feel for these people you know if you're, if you're supporting them if you've got a mate who picks up the phone just says that you know their their wife their husband their partner whatever has just walked out after three four forty years of marriage then my goodness you know who wouldn't feel for that person but yeah. what we have to do is get to a place where we think okay I've heard what they're saying I will support them but I know that I can't take their pain on as well because to be able to give to be able to serve you've got to keep your own tanks in a really healthy reserve and if if we're thinking about manifestation if we're talking about vibrations um how far shall I go into entanglement I'm going to do an episode on entanglement and how actually all of our particles are much more linked than we think they are so we could be separated by two hours in the car, but actually we are physically having this conversation and therefore picking up on each other's body language and emotions, and that's having an impact. And I imagine with grief and loss, that's amplified because the vibrations are even stronger because the emotions are stronger. And and what I really like about what you're saying is you are reminding me and hopefully everyone listening that there's no one way of doing this. There's no one, you must do it like this. There is opportunities for people to have spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs, um, atheist beliefs, and still get themselves to a place where they are finding that snippet of happiness, that snippet of sunshine. So 
could you um could you just sort of tell people a little bit more about some of the ways that you help specifically in your and I think it's a 10-week program isn't it could yeah. you just sort of give people an idea because maybe people are listening to this and either thinking I need some support maybe they're thinking I need to recommend this to someone or I need to offer this as an opportunity so it would be really helpful I think just to sort of um yeah give, give people a little bit of info on that if you don't mind yeah, of course. So basically, the first eight weeks are one to one support. So we'll dive in quite deep into different areas. And each week we start by scoring. So scoring how happy you are, how sad you are, how how helpless you feel, mm-hmm. how hopeful you are, just so that there's a gauge week on week. See, have you gone up? Have you gone down? And if so, pick that apart a little bit. Why has that happened? It could be, I don't know, if you're approaching an anniversary or something, you'll expect there to be a dip. Yeah. Um, We then look at things, you know, across the weeks. What has your previous coping looked like? What does your support network look like? Mm. We take a dive into self-care. We also look at the wheel of life because then that starts to think about, okay, what are the other things that are happening in my life? So again, you move away from just focusing on, the grief and the loss, your life is a big, big picture. And although it might feel that grief becomes the all-consuming component of that, you need to also then look at, I know you've spoken about it before, but there are so many things that that make up our lives. And to be able to then start moving away and distracting ourselves from the grief, I think it's a really healthy exercise. And that comes into probably about halfway through. we then start journaling and, and in several ways we do that. So one is uh, said about the, the letter to your future self, but we'll also write a letter to the loss, telling them what it felt like, how it's been, how it was at the beginning. But actually now we're moving through this program. What are the, the, the changes that we're noticing? So it's kind of you look at the progression that you're making. If you're not, then we stop and we go back a step and it's OK. What might be stopping us here? Um, and then there's the, the last two weeks, the person just goes away on their own. So you put all of these tools in place for them um, and then off they go. They try to utilize these techniques. If they don't work, then we've got the final week, week 10, where we put, OK, we do troubleshooting. Um, we just look at, OK, longer term management. You've got all of you can work through this 10 week program whenever you want to. It's a bit like, you know, your courses that they're, they're there. You go back to the beginning whenever you need to, when you kind of think, okay, I've let it slip back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remind then, myself of those core principles that I know are there. I can do this. Yeah. yeah. And, and then the whole, the whole 10 weeks rounds up with a celebration of your progression and how far you've come and celebrate the, the things that you've done well in navigating this grief journey. Because then again, you're shifting your focus from, how sad and how overwhelming it felt at the beginning to you know what in these 10 weeks I've achieved this 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 and this and we do it in a way that keeps your relationship with the loss if if it's a healthy one obviously if it's a divorce that might not be the right way forward but that's always assessed at the beginning but how you keep that relationship as a core part of your life but in a healthy way that allows you to keep moving forward not move over but keep moving forward so yeah that's I think you know we visit quite a lot of things in in just 10 weeks but it it feels like it's a a useful kind of set of tools and doesn't just focus on the grief itself wow and I would just like to add that obviously knowing you as I do I know how kind and caring and supportive you are and I know how knowledgeable you are so I think you 
bring both of those to the table so well. You've got all of this experience, all of this knowledge with some mindset, with some manifestation and being the kind of person that I know people would actually really love to have one-to-one sessions with because I think that rapport is really important. When people, when we're all feeling a bit vulnerable, we need the right sort of person to hold that space for us. And I know you do an amazing job. So I just want to kind of say that from a personal perspective. I think you're awesome. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. So let's, there's lots of stuff we talked about in this episode. And in a minute, I'm just going to ask you to to let me know where people can find out more. But I I know this is a huge question. Could you give one or two top tips maybe? So maybe for someone who is experiencing or going through some kind of loss, and maybe for someone who is supporting someone or knows someone, could you just give a couple of sort of starter points or top tips to get them to get them moving forward? Definitely. I think I mean, obviously the, the audience for the podcast are looking for positive ways forward. So I would say have a notebook that is specifically for this um, and, and start there. And, you know, when you're doing your gratitudes, you look for that snippet of sunshine and just have that one journal that you can use. And even I mean, mine is basically in the, in the middle of the page. I just do things I'm grateful for today. At the end of the day, I'm knackered. It's 10 o'clock at night and I just yeah. want to go to bed. <laughs> so I just do that in the middle. And then it's just like a word here, there, everywhere on the page. Um, but it gets things out and you can see, you know, and even if there is just one thing on that page in those early days or on a bad day, yeah, fine. There's one thing written down there and that's okay. And if it was that you dragged yourself out of bed that day, that's still a positive. And it's a huge positive if you didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah, that's massive, actually, in a lot of circumstances. And I think people underestimate things like that. They're like, oh, well, I only got up. No, you got up. You moved. Literally, that's an example of moving forward, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, love that. Exactly. So I I think, you know, have it only needs to be a like a post-it size thing. You don't don't need to write one piece. But that's one kind of tool that you can just start to help forming that bigger picture and just starting to shift your mindset into seeing what's going well um second thing allow yourself the bad days just go with it and don't fight against it because bottling that up inside it's not good for us and it will hold you back from actually being able to start taking those important steps forward Um, and just remember things that you know as hard as those days are your memories stay intact and all of the things that you share together they cannot be taken away they are there forever Um, and you know a lot of people get worried that they'll forget the person they'll forget what they look like forget what they sounded like write it down you know it's okay and if you're if you're scared about things and you're scared that you won't remember the last time you went out to dinner together or whatever that might be write it down it's the same that kind of like therapeutic angle of journaling can be really useful in in managing grief as well so do that if you are somebody who is supporting others and just be mindful that being alongside them is incredibly important but making sure that you're aware that you know you're just telling yourself subconsciously that you can't change things for them but you can walk alongside them and that's the biggest support because they don't want you to to make it okay for them (laughs) you know if if anything you're just gonna make things worse if you try to meddle and try to sort it all out just walk alongside them be in their shoes think about what it might be like and if receiving a a chocolate hamper might be something that you can do things that will help in a really practical way Um, Who wouldn't want that? I'm <laughs> well, I know. I mean, if you imagine opening the door and there being a chocolate hamper, amazing. There you, you go. See? 
as long as you're not diabetic or can't eat chocolate then again there are there are vegan options there are sugar-free options there are all see look what we just did there we found a positive and then we reframed it even when my mind went oh but what if this no what if up what if up (laughs) so i think you know if you think you can't fix the situation and you can't that there are small tiny tokens that you can do but they'll make the biggest difference if you open the door to a hamper of chocolate right now happy day yes amazing (laughs) funnily enough the other day well it was a few few months ago now i got i don't think they're down here Amazon delivered something and I thought I'd been ordering stuff in my sleep and I hadn't, but there were these little mindfulness cards. And to this day, I still do not know who sent them. I put it on my social media. I was like, has anyone sent me this? There was no card. There was no anything in there. So either it's one of these Amazon things where apparently people who own a business can like set stuff up and send it to you and then write their own review. Might be that, or it might just be some lovely person thought, do you know what? Random act of kindness. I'm not even going to own up because I just want it to be because it, it was wonderful. And it's just so lovely. And yeah, there are a lot of lovely, wonderful things going on in the world. And yeah. what I've really taken from what you said is sometimes we're not ready to look for them. But as soon as we are, when we make a decision to look for the positives, we're going to find them. And the more we do that, the easier it gets. And we can do that alongside still having those wonderful memories of someone or something that has is not in our lives in the same way now thank you so much right where can people find out more about you where can they find out about potentially working with you just finding out more about everything you do so the easiest thing to do is the the website has everything that i do and that's www.lostgriefandbereavementsupport.co.uk you can telephone me 07719537333 or you can email info no not that one don't do that <laughs> don't do that one everyone don't, don't do, do that, that. <laughs> email finding a snippet of sunshine at gmail.com a snippet of sunshine i think we need to call the podcast episode something like that Thank you so much for sharing your expertise. Thank you so much for answering all my random questions. And yeah, thank you for being a fantastic guest. Been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this content, I would so love it if you could leave me an iTunes review. You would totally make my day and you'd help this podcast to reach other listeners just like you. And if you know someone who this content would help, then please share it with them. Share the love, share the positivity. I hope you all have a wonderful and prosperous day and I will see you all in the next episode.